do 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 color your life so today i'm about to make a controversial statement and rest assured the entirety of this episode is going to be very controversial that's why i sound so out of breath well, in addition to my sinuses acting up, it's, you know, very breathy. But anyways, um, yes, this episode is going to be very controversial. And I was sitting down thinking about whether or not I should record this episode. And I decided, yes, I will, because I created this show to get my opinions and my belief out there in order to combat racism and to hopefully in some small but meaningful way do my part to make the world a better place. That being said, today's episode is going to be about cultural appropriation because I mean Cultural appropriation is a real and serious thing and it aggravates me that the internet is throwing the term around so loosely and so colourfully when there are actual people being oppressed. Now, to be very honest, I don't necessarily see the whole dilemma of cultural appropriation in the magnitude that the majority of people see it as where I live in Trinidad and to be we are a melting pot of cultures and things like blackface you know where for carnival to be a mocha drumbie you paint your skin in the darkest shade of black possible is something that we have been doing for hundreds of years and it is part of who we are now people would argue that that is assimilation or cultural adaptation which is true you know that is what it is that's when you adopt certain parts of your culture in order to survive and essentially carnival which is where the mocha jambi is practiced you know the carnival we have today is the testament of the Africans' civilians during slavery and their retaliation against the French Catholics in particular and their carnival and their mass. However, I mean, it is still an African folklore creature because it's a jumbie, it's a demon that watches over the village and keeps everyone safe. And that is part of our African identity and our African culture. Thus, it's not wrong, nor is it cultural appropriation in any sense, but someone from the outside looking in can easily mistake several elements of our local culture for cultural appropriation. And honestly, this is what I believe is happening today, you know, because a lot of, I don't want to use the word uneducated, 
but I would say a lot of misinformed people who were simply hopping on a trend, hopping on what's popular, hopping on mainstream society, look at certain actions and deem them cultural appropriation, but really they are a plethora of things, such as cultural appreciation, cultural assimilation, and cultural adaptation, and at the same time I found it very interesting how people use the terms I just listed above to justify why Western culture is so prevalent and so dominant. But when what the rest of the world did to adopt Western culture is done by Westerners to non-Western culture is seen as cultural appropriation. Now, within the definition of cultural appropriation, I suppose you can find the answer to my statement. The definition of cultural appropriation being that where the dominant culture in society uses the culture, no, sorry, the word they use is steals, right? Steals the culture of non dominant and oppressed groups without um, giving any tribute to the history of the culture, right? And I mean, this is going to be a lot to unpack, guys, but I mean, first of all, and this is like very important for my listeners to understand, I mean, you know, there are people that steal and exploit other people's cultures for their own personal gain. Say, for instance, if a white person was to shoot a film about um, being a young African-American growing up during the days of segregation and, you know, them perhaps being one of the women who walked alongside Rosa Parks or somebody who attended speeches and rallies held by Martin Luther King Jr. And, you know, they make a movie about the struggle of the African people in America and their fight for justice and to get certain legal um liberties you know that would be like yo you know what is this because you aren't black this is not your story to tell right that is cultural appropriation because clearly they did that because i mean i guess black lives matter is now prevalent in america because of the injustices you know in fact this is a better example if a white person were to make a film from a black perspective on police brutality in America. You know, that is blatantly cultural appropriation. Or even if, because I'm really getting into what I want to talk about here with this statement, but if a white person were to make a film about um, reggae music, you know, and speaking about reggae as if it is something that he himself, you know, would have been a part of in terms of the culture and stuff without paying homage to, you know, black people who are 
um, reggae artists today that would be cultural appropriation. However, a white person wanting to become a reggae artist will never be cultural appropriation because reggae is a genre of music, and although it is characteristic of the Black community, specifically the Rastafarians and specifically Jamaica, it is not... Um, see what I'm looking for. It is not contingent upon you being a Jamaican Black Rastafarian because music is something that is universal. And I mean, if it is that you like reggae, I think that that's a beautiful thing, you know. And I think that it is our job as Black people to put our culture out there and our heritage out there, not only for people to enjoy, but for people to get into. Take, for instance, Netflix right now. They're releasing a bunch of animes. Netflix is not owned by Japan, you know, anime is Japanese, and my Netflix producing, you know, anime, even though some of them, some of the shows are in tangent with Funimation, it could still be deemed as them, you know, using their platform, using their wealth, using their reach, using their popularity in order for personal gain, because I mean, who doesn't like anime, right? You know, but it's not cultural appropriation, although I'm sure some people would be like, yo, why are they making anime? You know, they're not Japanese. How could they do this? How could they do that? But I mean, it's okay because we know that anime was created in Japan and we forever appreciate that, which is why within the show, you know, the characters are still Japanese, even if they are in America. The style is still consistent to that of Japanese anime, without Netflix openly saying in the description of the show, this is a Japanese show, and, you know, given, like, a 50-page discussion about the history of anime and its cultural significance to the Japanese people. Because, I mean, in my honest opinion, when we separate culture and we allow it to be divisive and owned and exclusive to a particular group, we are actually promoting an us versus them mentality. And we are further segregating society and further polarizing already dialectic groups, which is a problem. Because instead of helping racism, instead of standing up for the very thing that we don't like, we are actually becoming it. We are becoming divisive. And in a way, we are pushing the problem back a step and preventing social harmony and homogeneity amongst the different social groups. You know, all that being said, I want to get into what inspired me to make an episode about cultural appropriation. And that is, if you don't know, Justin Bieber's dreadlocks. Now, I... When I formulated this particular opinion, it was before I saw the comment from 2016 about his dreads where he said, you know, who doesn't like being weird? Being weird is fun. Okay, this is omitting that statement because at the time where I said what I said, I was unaware of that statement. That statement is actually racist and wrong and he should definitely be condemned for that however I 
just want to talk about the post that he posted a few days ago for what it is, because when I saw the post, I had no prior knowledge of any of those statements, so that did not have any sway on my opinion or my beliefs, right? So essentially, you know, Justin Bieber posted a photo of himself with dreads. Now, as we know, dreads are significant to the Black community in the Caribbean for two specific ways. I mean, first of all, in Africa, you know, dreads are a symbol of power, right? And they are supposed to represent the lion's mane, because the lion is the king of the jungle and strong and powerful, and it's a testament to our own strength and our own resilience and our own ability to overcome any adversaries and over overcome any obstacles and still have, you know, pride in us, still be proud of us and, you know, just our strength and our power with a whole and that's the beautiful um symbolism. It is also our way of rebelling against white supremacy and elitism and racism and all the oppression our people have faced. You know, it's a, a symbol of our power. It's meant to um, instill our strength, give us confidence, retaliate against oppression, you know, and again, that is beautiful. You know, dread you know, we, we tough, you know, you're supposed to, in a sense, fear us because, I mean, what you have done and continue to do to us is not fair and we aren't going to take that anymore. We are rebelling, right? Now, that's beautiful. And even if a lot of people don't know the specific history behind dreadlocks, because, I mean, there are groups in Africa that wear dreads as part of their culture, you know, part of their identity, as well as in the Caribbean, specifically Jamaica, Ras has become a symbol of the Rastafarian group and their religion and their entire way of life and their heritage and their fight against oppression. Everyone knows these basic facts, which is that Ras, or dreads as you would call it, is an African hairstyle. We know this. Right? And we know that it is most popularly associated with Jamaica and Rastafarianism. Alright? Therefore, I mean, in my opinion, the style is open to anyone to use because, I mean, at the end of the day, your hair, right, is something on top of your head. Right, and if you want to lock your hair, that is your decision, that is your choice because ultimately no one can own a hairstyle, and that is just a fact. A hairstyle can be symbolic and important to a particular culture for a plethora of reasons, but at the end of the day, no one can own a hairstyle because before combs and waves to the tango hair was invented everyone had dreads you know when you look at those medieval movies and shows or even shows specifically from the dark ages when you would see the vikings and stuff their hair was locked you know it was locked because that's all your hair could do essentially in the primitive days of mankind you know 
your hair had to look. Doesn't matter if you had Afro hair, doesn't matter if you had straight hair, your hair was locked, right? And I mean, your hairstyle, that's your personal choice and your personal freedom. Now, if you decide to say you invented wrath or dreads, that's a different story. But if you decide to lock your hair, that's your choice to lock your hair. You know, no one can come at you or attack you for locking your hair. That is not cultural appropriation. That is somebody locking the hair. You know, and I believe firmly that it is our job as college people to put our history out there into the world. Because, I mean, you know, white people, they have no problem with celebrating their history, with glorifying their history, with praising their heroes. They're very patriotic. They are the definition of we love our history, we love our heroes, yeah! But we aren't, because we're so busy attacking people. We're so busy finding problems in every single thing that is preventing us from what we actually need to do, which is understand that we are all human beings and that our culture should be prevented in such a way that everyone could appreciate it, you know? Because, I mean... From the logic of cultural appropriation, right? Rast, right, is predominantly associated with the Rastafarian group in Jamaica, not necessarily Black people. So even I, as a Black person, if I were to lock my hair, it would be from the logic of cultural appropriation, cultural appropriation, because ethnicity and culture and race are three different things. I may be black skinned, right? So that is my race. But ethnic wise, I am not a Rastafarian or I'm definitely not African ethnic wise. I am Trinidadian ethnic wise. You know, and I'm definitely not Rastafarian. I am spiritual, right? So by that logic, I don't have any business locking my hair because I am not a Rasta. That is not my religion. You know, nor am I African, that is not my ethnicity. I am Trinidadian, that is my ethnicity. However, my skin is black. I hope you understand where I'm going here. Race is a biological construct, so by nature, yes, my skin is dark. However, ethnic-wise, I am not African. I am Trinidadian, right? And as well, like, Culturally wise, I'm also Trinidadian. I am not Rastafarian. So I hope you understand where I'm going here. Ethnicity is a social construct and it is comprised not only of your race, but of your religion, of your culture, of your way of life, you know, of your belief systems. It's very, very diverse and very, very complex. So when we throw terms around like cultural appropriation without understanding the different terms that lie on the basis of such statements, it really just pushes us back a step. You know, and like, you know, people get upset with people for wearing cornrows. And that just like gives me a break. If someone wants to corner their hair, that is their right to corner their hair. Anyone can corner their hair and they are not, I'm sorry to say this, I know this is controversial, but they are not obligated to say, you know, this hairstyle belongs to the black community and 
whatever else it is you expect them to say to me. What can you really say about cornrows? We, our hair type is very versatile. So we could cornrow our hair easily and it looks fire! Right? I mean, we can't expect everyone in the world to be a social justice warrior. And just because someone isn't a social justice warrior does not make them racist. It does not make them a bad person. It does not mean that they are exploiting any group. It does not mean that they are oppressing you. And that's something I really wish people would understand. If a white person decides to make cornrow, they are not oppressing you. They are not harming you in any way. You know, they are not profiting off of you. They are simply enjoying the style. If they claim they invented it, that is a completely different story. But not doing that, there is absolutely nothing wrong with it. You know, I just, it's just really difficult for me, again, to understand why, you know, when Vanessa Hudgens put braids in her hair, it was a big deal. Oh my gosh, she wore braids. She looked amazing. We don't own braids. We wear braids because it's a protective hairstyle, right? It grows our hair out and it keeps it neat. And now I understand we're like flat ironing our hair. That was something that we had to do, you know, in the days of segregation and racism. And even to this day, because a lot of people find our natural hair, you know, unprofessional and all of these absurd things, right? But end of the day right if we decide to wear our hair straight now you know as a matter of personal choice not a matter of if you don't straighten your hair you're gonna get a gun to your head then that should be considered cultural appropriation because our hair isn't straight you know and if there is no um life-threatening reason for you to straighten your hair then you shouldn't because I know for a fact I plan to straighten my hair for my birthday and it's going to be because I like the style not because I'm being forced to not because if I don't straighten my hair I can't look cute for my birthday but because I want a change you know I want a little new fresh cut you know so me wearing straight hair for style not because I'm being oppressed, not because someone is forcing me to, should be considered cultural appropriation from the logic of cultural appropriation. Because within the definition for cultural appropriation, they say, if the perpetrator, so the wearer of the dreadlocks, does not pay homage to the culture, then they're oppressing you, right? So therefore, they can't just of their free will decide to wear they of their free will can decide to wear dreadlocks, right? But if I, you know, without anyone putting a gun to my head, because the reasoning behind black people straightening their hair is, you know, very real. You know, it is because we were oppressed. That was the only choice that we had. You know, we didn't have any options because they were seen as unprofessional. We would have been looked down upon, oppressed, beaten if our hair was not straight. So they called that cultural assimilation or cultural adaptation, right? However, that is not the case in present-day society. So, well, for the most part, because there definitely are schools and places that still discriminate against straight hair. But the natural hair movement has done a lot to erase that side of our culture and our history, right? 
by that logic, me straightening my hair is cultural appropriation because I'm straightening my hair because I look damn cute. You know, no other reason. I look cute. Not to prevent oppression or uh, discrimination or not be bullied or anything. No, I look damn cute. I'm someone who has been discriminated against for her hair. Like the other day, I went to get some official documentation and I had my hair in a pineapple updo, really cute, really neat. And they told me I couldn't get my photo taken like that because my hairstyle was not appropriate. And I was like, what are you talking about? You know? So, if someone that faces this kind of discrimination, I'm not straightening my hair because I don't want anybody telling me about my natural hair. No, I'm straightening my hair because when I straighten my hair, I look cute. You know, so, I mean, I just want someone to help me understand why a hairstyle is considered cultural appropriation when it is the individual is not getting any monetary gain or value or claiming ownership or discovery of the hairstyle or chastising others who wear the hairstyle or anything of that nature, you know. Sorry to say, but like when Vanessa Hudgens saw her braids, she just wore her braids. She just wore her braids, you know? When uh, Kylie Jenner sits on casual, you with her hair in two down Kendra, she sits on casual, you with her hair in two down Kendra. You know, people would argue, well, they're celebrities and they're posting it on their social media. But I had a conversation with a friend the other day about the same cultural appropriation. And she said, this one time, a boy in the school, he matched his hair and he was white and the black kids attacked him for cultural appropriation and then physically attacked him. You cannot tell me that that young man you know, is exploited dreads for monetary gain and monetary value. The only difference between a celebrity and that young man is the celebrity has a ton of followers and that young man is a nobody. So, again, please help me understand. We need... This episode really is more of my cry for help and my urge and my... me begging. We need to stop these us... sorry, these us versus them mentality because here was, right? So during the days of colonialism and slavery, the white people, who to this day are still the dominant group in society, because someone the other day um, was trying to convince me that the dominant group in society refers to population size, but it doesn't. Again, I study sociology, so these terms like cultural appropriation, dominant group, these are things that we study meticulously. The dominant group in society refers to who has all the power. So even in societies where white people are in the minute, they still hold the power. Case in point, South Africa, right? So the white people used their dominance during slavery, even though they were in the minority, they had the wealth, they had the power and the authority to control. You know, they used that to divide the minority groups. They spread rumors about one African tribe to another to further reinforce tribalism and separate us. And then, for instance, in the Caribbean, during the days of indentureship, when the Indians came, you know, they told the 
Africans, that Indians said that they were monkeys and that they were barbaric and that they were nasty and that they were rapists. And then they told the Indians that the Africans used to call them coolie, which is a derogatory term here, you know, that they had a ringworm, that they were nasty, you know, that they were devil worshippers, you know, in an effort to divide us, right? And it worked, you know, and then they would overprice their stuff you know, um, make their luxuries contingent on you being a Catholic or of a particular shade and having a particular wealth and status to further, again, divide us, right? This is classic Marxism, you know, a class in itself and a class for itself, a class in itself, the different oppressed groups in society within the working class, they don't see or understand that they are being oppressed. They are, it's opium of the masses. They are masked by several things that prevent them from seeing that they're oppressed. But the instant they realize that they're oppressed, so let's say the instant that all the minority groups in society realize that they were being oppressed and they formed a class for itself, that would be a problem because the few people that hold the power and authority in society, you know, the class for itself will come after them. And that's exactly what's happening here. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, it's the rich people that perpetuate, you know, all of these stereotypes in an effort to keep all of the minority groups below. And even the white people, because of their race, socially speaking, have more status and prestige and they're still poor white people and by this logic that if you're not black you can't wear ass we are further separating us from other people even though they are white who are also you know being oppressed by dominant group in society which is rich white males it is you know we need to stop with the with the us versus them mentality you know i mean not all white people are bad you know, not all white people have an ulterior agenda or an ulterior motive. It's okay if they want to braid their hair because at the end of the day, they are not our enemy. Our enemy, really and truly, are your rich white males and your white supremacists. You know, same way how our enemy can also be radical black groups. You know, like the kids who beat up that boy for wearing dreads. You know, that is not okay. So it's just, this world is a Marxist world. I don't think I've ever really expressed my um, my adoration for Marxism before in the podcast, but it's true, you know, everything. There is always a theory that can explain everything that's going on in society. And this is clear, clear Marxism. All right, all of these things that are used to divide us you know, to prevent us from coming together, from realizing our equal class position, our similar oppression, even though it's definitely on different degrees and different levels. But by separating ourselves and polarizing ourselves, we are further reinforcing dialectal separation. That's not okay, because with this mindset, guys, with this us versus them mindset, with this this belongs us mindset, this is mine mindset we will not move forward and it's sad it's sad it breaks my heart i read an article you know doing research for this cultural appropriation thing where someone said whenever i see a white person sporting braids it angers me and i was like yo that should not anger you i mean come on 
Come on, that should not anger you. That should never anger you. You know, there are so much things that we could be focusing on right now. Like the fact that Africa still wants only 10% of their resources. I know I mention this like every episode, but it's because it's a point that we always need to remember. That is something we should be focusing on, not someone we're enraged, guys. I mean, come on. We need to stop acting like children and start acting like mature adults and thinking things through and not just because it's a trend or because it's like mainstream or modern or something that's in now you know get absorbed with this all right that's basically what I wanted this entire episode to be about this is what I wanted to talk about because I mean guys come on 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 we need to be better it is imperative that we do better all right so 